Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are 1 Samuel chapters 25 through 27. Rabbit Trails. I'm going to dive right in today. Today, my notes are more of a general overview of the readings, so keep that in mind as you go through. There's something in our reading today that, unless we're paying close attention, may slip by us in our modern translations. Now, when Abigail says LORD in all caps, in the original text, of course, she was saying Yahweh's personal name. Now, keep in mind that this was during a time, much like now, when most people worshipped multiple gods. So the term God, or even Lord, was a generic and could be applied to pretty much anything or any number of false gods. However, by Abigail using Yahweh's personal name, she is also reminding David of who he belongs to, reminding David of who they both answer to, and reminding David that they are each set apart from the culture of their time. Folks, we all need to pray for the Father to send people like this into our lives. Now, do you see how important it is that we at least know his personal name, aside from the fact that he originally had it in the Bible nearly 7,000 times? Click here for a refresher on that. I've noticed a lot of people asking how his name is pronounced lately. While folks can tell you how they think it is pronounced, there's credible research to show many different pronunciations. And the truth is that at this point in history, we just don't know. See that refresher article as to why. So while many folks will be happy to tell you how they pronounce it, I encourage you to read that link for a starting point on understanding what his name is and why we don't know how to pronounce it. Then, do your own research and spend some time in prayer asking the Father for His guidance. I fully understand the urge to ask folks so that you can get it right. But wisdom like that can only come from one source, and there are no shortcuts. It's a journey. Commit to the journey with Him, and you'll never regret it. Even if some trails are longer and more complicated than you anticipated. And for those of you listening, Clearly by now, you've picked up that I pronounce his name Yahweh. This is a little addendum that's not in my written notes. I prayed for about four years on how to pronounce his name. I tried pronouncing it several ways. It just didn't sit right. The one way that rolled off my tongue and felt right in my spirit was Yahweh. I'm not saying that's the right way, but I prayed about it. And the Father gave me permission, if you will, release to be able to pronounce it that way. Until we're with Him and we know for sure how to pronounce it, I know that our Father's heart treasures hearing His children say His name to the best of their ability. 1 Samuel 25.1 In the process of hiding out with his men, David was found, has found himself in an area which is populated with shepherds looking over the sheep of Nabal. We see in 1 Samuel 25.16 and 1 Samuel 25.21 that he and his men have watched over not only Nabal's shepherds, but also his property while they were among them. And now it's shearing time and David is asking for some provisions for his party. 
He notes that this is a feast time, and I immediately thought that this must be referring to one of Yahweh's feasts. But it could be that he's referring to a tradition of holding a feast at the time of shearing. I didn't have time to dive too deeply into researching this to see if there was evidence either way, or if a date of this encounter could be surmised based on dates given elsewhere in the text. When we see the story of Nabal and David, I think most of us, I know this is true for myself, are outraged and even offended that Nabal did not extend hospitality to David and his men. We see the beautiful Abigail saving the day and saving her husband's life from David's sword in the process. However, in stepping back and looking at this story objectively, we see that while Nabal was rude, he didn't commit any crimes against David. Now, he did dishonor David, and it appears a very out-of-character David was angered enough by this to go on a killing spree. By stopping him from doing this, Abigail prevented him from shedding innocent blood, which would have put him under blood guilt, something that would not only affect his descendants, but most certainly his anointing to be a king. 1 Samuel 25, 26-31 We see in the dialogue that David fully realized that Abigail had done this for him as well. 1 Samuel 25, 33 How many times have we been under Yahweh's anointing in a task, only to be distracted when our flesh takes offense to something in some way? This is why it's so important to keep communication open with the Father at all times, to submit to the Holy Spirit, and to know the teachings of Yahweh. Because knowing and obeying Yahweh's word will keep us out of 110% of the trouble we tend to get in when we work on our own accord. The language used in this exchange is important because that's where we can glean a great lesson if we have ears to hear and eyes to see. David knew that his salvation rested in wholly trusting in the Father. 1 Samuel 25:31. It is the same for us. That passage reads, My Lord shall have no cause of grief or pangs of conscience for having shed blood without cause or for my Lord working salvation himself. And when Yahweh has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your servant. So here's the lesson. Keep your focus on Yahweh and kingdom matters. Don't be distracted by the world's battles because the world will make those battles look like they're equal to, if not more important than, or even identical to the Father's battles. The Father may assign you a task, hand you your armor, and show you exactly where to go. But if you take your eyes off Him, the world will have you running in the opposite direction and think you're still following Yahweh. Make no mistake, the more the Father moves and the closer we get to His will and the return of our Messiah, the louder and more noble the world will make its battles appear in order to distract us from following Him. In fact, as we continue reading and move into First and Second Kings, we will see the world setting up direct counterfeits of Yahweh's commandments, feast, and entire faith system. What will Israel do? Surely, having followed the Father and being set apart as His chosen people, they'll recognize the counterfeits, right? Yes, in some cases they do. Well, do they rebuke them then? Nope. They effectively shrug their shoulders and say, eh, that's good enough and intentionally leave the path laid out by Yahweh for the path laid out by man. Do you see us in Israel? Do you realize that we actually are Israel today? Side note, please do not mistake this for replacement doctrine, which exists in direct contradiction to the word of Yahweh. We have in no way taken Israel's place as Yahweh's chosen people. 
but rather we have been grafted into this tree that Yahweh planted at the beginning of time. See Romans 11, Isaiah 56, and Genesis through Revelation. So how will we know? How will we be able to tell if we're following the Father or off on a diversion? John 10:27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 8:47 says, Whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you're not of God. Luke 11:28 says, But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. In Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Romans 12.1-2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Psalm 85.8 says, Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. When you spend time with the Father every day, when you are faithful to Him, you learn to recognize His voice. You learn to see His hand. And you know Him, how He wants us to know Him, just like a dear loved one. I didn't just know my granddaddy by looking at him. I recognized his smell, his voice, the temperature of his skin the texture of the shirts he wore, the weight of the impression on the couch when he sat down beside me. I could walk in a room and know if he had just left that room. I knew when he had entered a room without having to look up. Why? He was dear to me. I didn't just know of him. I knew him. And how much more closely does our Father long to be to us? In His Word, He has given us ways to test the things of this world and discern the things that are of Him. Our job is to read His Word, study it, believe it, and live by it. Reading His Word every day will have us hearing His voice every day. It will become familiar in ways we never dreamed possible. Hours of trying to memorize verses don't hold a candle to how much will be added to our knowledge banks simply by dedicating ourselves to reading His whole Word from beginning to end with our whole hearts set on Him. 1 Samuel 25.44 shows that while David was in hiding, Saul even gave his wife to someone else. Over and over in our reading, we have seen many times in which David had the opportunity to take back that which he had put in the hands of Yahweh, and he refused to. David was in a state of waiting, and he knew that the Father was clearing his path. He knew that Yahweh was fighting this battle and that Yahweh was clearing the way 
and he understood his place and that all glory was going to go to Yahweh in this. Remember, when we give something to Yahweh and we see him beginning to move with it, we are not to snatch it back. David has had several opportunities to do just that, and his response is a great model to emulate. Read this story and take it to soul. In closing, you won't recognize a counterfeit if you don't know the original. Let's diligently seek the original, the creator of all things. An important chat about walking the path, though it may not always be easy, and trusting him with our problems without snatching them back out of his hand is below. Now, warning, I recorded this a year ago. Depending on when you're listening to this, it could be a couple of years ago. So some of the information may be time sensitive, just so you know that. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.